Um, there's a, there's a lot of I I like when she takes refuge in the country and you get to see the countryside and listen to kind of her monologues and and that kind of stuff like that that part of the movie even the, even on my first viewing years ago like I said when I was was not even as high on it. Um, I, I still really like that part. I'm glad you brought that up as well because it's also the same sequence where she has an affair with a soldier and you know you were like I, I wish that was kind of a better relationship on film and I'm like yeah but I, maybe you didn't want to focus on that too much because it's not really important to the, to the storyline at all it's just kind of an aside but I was saying like this is an example of a woman in the 1700s who was literally able to have a sexual identity like she had like they were just so wealthy and could do whatever they wanted but you know this woman had a lot of power and yeah. people hated her for that but it's also it's also kind of cool to like see that on film i'm you said you're pretty sure that's historically accurate as far as her probably having affairs there's also kind of a joke about louis like getting with the stable boys at one point in the very yeah maybe he was spending too much time with the stable boys <laughs> instead of like in bed yeah but I don't know. Well, and that's kind of in the same context of the, the kind of uh, that maybe there were some, you know, paparazzi-based like rag papers and in, in in Paris that talked about, you know, because like it even directly talks about that she would ne you know, where she says I would never the 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 classic line of, well, the, you know, the peasants are out of bread, we'll yeah. just let them eat cake. Where they put that together, that's kind of. Uh, I I I think it has. I think it doesn't want to change anything historically, but wants to talk about or touch on things that could or just the validity of it. Like, yeah, it's definitely like, everyone knows about the lettuce cake line, but like how how do we all know that that's right? Well, fact. the pub the publications are how you know that. Yeah, but it's a it's a cool movie. It is. It's definitely. It's definitely one of those things. that's worth a watch. It's just not. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily for everyone. No. I mean, if if you're on, if you have a list of like these are the films I need to watch in the next week, I wouldn't like if out of these, definitely put Lost in Translation on that list if you haven't seen that. But this one, not so much. But I, I think I'd put somewhere above this one if you want to just jump into that one. If you, unless you yeah. have something else you want to add to Marie Antoinette. Um, I really, I really like the closing scene of this movie also. Of which one? Of, of Marie oh Antoinette. yeah, definitely. Uh, you get the you get their their marriage bedroom all wrecked, and I also like that like the decadence destroyed. Yeah, and you. I also like the I guess the scene right before that where you see them fleeing Versailles, and um, you kind of get this feeling. You know, I mean, in real life, you know, they're heading to their if you know if you're if you're familiar with the history of it, you know, they're heading to their death. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they really do flee, and that's because I forgot that I was like, does, does this end with them? That, you know, no, no, getting their heads jumped. And you off also see, no. yeah, and you also <laughs> see, I don't know. There's that last view, and you see the sun over Versailles, and it's it's kind of this very heavenly looking place while they're flee, fleeing. Yeah, and I don't. It's uh, it's an arranged marriage gone awry. Check out Marie Antoinette if, if any of that sounded interesting. We're going to jump to 2010's Somewhere, which is her fourth feature film starring, what's his name again from Blade? I forget. <laughs> Stephen Dorff. Stephen Dorff. 
And he, as Johnny Marco. As Johnny Marco. Johnny Marco. He's a. Uh, is he? Is he an action star? I think. Is that? I mean, it's kind of. Um, I think it just applies. He's a. Yeah. Like, I mean, a, he's kind of. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's a movie star in general. I think he's. I think he's propped up as like a supposed to be as big as like Tom Cruise or someone like yeah. that, but not necessarily as old at that point. Yeah. But uh, you know, this is this is kind of the fourth film like you were talking about where it kind of talks about like self identity like she, yeah. but this one is from the male perspective so I don't know if but it's also another film that focuses once again on just like Hollywood kind of like the Bob Harris character from Lost in Translation yeah. where it's like this is kind of an actor who I mean he's not he's actually working still but we don't actually see him working we see him at like press releases and you know that like award shows and stuff yeah. we don't actually see him on a set but well, I, I think this I think this movie dives into maybe how she sees her and her friends maybe getting caught up in kind of hollowed existence just to have some semblance of life. Yeah, and, and like, I think that's what the the whole point of this movie is. Yeah, I another another theme was kind of I looked this up just ennui, which is you know just basically boredom. Apparently, like once you have a lot of money. And you can do whatever you want. Eventually, you just kind of get bored. You don't really, nothing really, you know, enthuses you anymore. I mean, some of those scenes where like the two twins are just like dancing around his bedroom, yeah, kind of awkward. Um, I don't, I don't know. And then you know, Johnny, Johnny seems like a pretty good guy. He definitely lusts for women a little bit. Kind of has like a like a hedonistic theme going here, where he yeah. keeps jumping from. Beer to woman to this and that. To beer to painkillers. Yeah, to beer to painkillers, and then you know his daughter, uh, Chloe. Chloe played or by Cleo. Cleo, Sorry. that's it. Cleo Sorry. played. That's okay. Uh, played by Elle Fanning, who Elle Fanning was in uh, Super Eight, which we talked about last time. Yeah. She cool. also does a great job in this. Yeah. She's okay. eleven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of wild, but she gets dropped off on him. His ex-wife kind of has. An ex- existential crisis of her own. Well, he's kind of having an existential crisis himself, and I forget where she flees to. But well, I, I think I think maybe most of the, I think maybe most of Cleo's life he's been in this. It it never implies that they were married. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe not. I don't um, know. I just kind of assume. I I think maybe maybe she was this this accident from his hedonistic lifestyle. Yeah, for- and I mean. I, and, I think I think maybe he's he's been trapped, and like the entire film, speaking of like the hedonistic side of, does it ever reveal who the the private number was that was texting in the whole film? I th- I think it's supposed to imply that it could be any of those women. Okay, because think, because every single one of them love or hate you know hates him. I mean he, because uh, like he he has that co the co. Co-star, co-star. Yeah. Uh, she's like, it wasn't that good. Yeah. She kind of says that to him while they're yeah. Another oh, another. You're saying Tom Cruise. Another funny thing about that. Uh, I don't know if you noticed. He's like standing on a box. Yeah. During the photo shoot. Another I have that in my notes. Big time. Okay, sorry. I mean, yeah. But that was absolutely hilarious to me because like Dorf isn't. He's not that tall. I guess compared to her. But like you said, if he's supposed to be Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise is like notoriously this short statured. Yeah. Action hero. He's he's listed at five nine, but everybody says he's five four five five. Yeah, in real life. So, and speaking of that sequence, they come they come out of that, and he's 
you know, a little all over the place, but trying to do his, do his best kind of thing. And they, they go, okay, Johnny, you good? You, we'll, we'll take you down to the press conference. So then it's a scene with him in front of the microphone, and they ask him all kinds of absurd questions. And then the very last question asked is, uh, I think it's French reporter, says, who is Johnny Marco? And he just freezes and goes, um, like, like it's this real awkward, actually he might repeat the question and then say, um, but either way, it's, I, I think they're really, I think they're really, I think, I think maybe he's the closest character the, that he could fit into Lost in Translation if they intertwined him because he's so, I don't know, lost himself. You know? Yeah, he definitely. I mean, he he has the breakdown towards the end of the movie, or is it the very end? It's, it's the very end. Where he's talking to his ex-lover because we don't really know what their real relationship is. Cleo's mom. Is that right, Cleo? Yeah. Okay. But uh, he would say, I, I, "I am nothing," or "I'm nothing." He's just kind of. Like, he doesn't. Yeah. He's a guy that basically just drives around in a Ferrari all day, has a daughter, is an action star. And has a lot of sex with a lot of beautiful yeah. women. It's just well, well, from a symbolism standpoint, the movie actually opens with him taking that Ferrari for a test drive, circle, yeah. circles around the track, and it just keeps going. And then the first music cue is a synthesizer that sounds like a car revving. Mm-hmm. And then the end of the movie, he just leaves the car and walks down an open road in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I mean... It's like, the, it's, it's like, hold on, I'm going to go somewhere I haven't been before. Well, I kind of I kind of have my own interpretation of that myself, where it's like, wherever he's gone, he's kind of stayed inside, if you notice that. like, And every time he goes outside, there's like a... There's, there was a... At the Italian, wherever they were, the hotel... The award show. Yeah, but there were people outside waiting, Johnny Marco, Johnny Marco! So it's like, even though he's definitely in L.A., or at least close to L.A. proper... Uh, He's at the Chateau. Uh, yeah. The, and then they Chateau Mont-Rod, but For, like, recovery or something. Do what? I don't know. Uh, I read something about, like, the place they shot something. He's, like, I don't know if it was, like, because of his broken hand or something. I don't know. That, that was, forget what I just said. <laughs> but, like, the ending, he ends up, uh, I, I just don't think he wants to be recognized. I think he's, like, literally just escaping. I think he's literally. I think he's literally like in this world, I'm something I don't want to be. I'm gonna take this thing that really doesn't mean anything to me anymore and just drive until it runs out of gas, and then I'll be far enough away. And then he gets out of the car, with the keys still in the car. I, I think. I think. Uh, I think I like what you're saying, but I completely disagree. No, that's, like, that's like fine. I, like I, I literally think the visual cue imaging is. That he has put himself on this track that goes around and around, and that's all it is, is a big circle. Yeah. And we see that circle, the extra time with Cleo, and for the first time, you know, you actually see larger gaps of him being sober, you know, like not on the painkillers, yeah. not constantly doing yeah. things. Um, he even starts to abandon women to an extent, too. Yeah, because the way it hints at that, because there's the woman just sitting out there topless, just yeah. like staring at him, and he doesn't act on that at all. Yeah. Well, the big one is, is that he comes back with her, and he's not, um, and one of his girls is in the ro- is in the room, and she goes, he goes, I can't, I can't do this right now. 
And she's like, really? And so she just exposes even more of her body. And then he goes, no, seriously, and just slams the door on her. Um, but but I, I think it's it's literally that he puts himself somewhere else. Well, yeah. And I mean, I mean, I think, I think that's the same transition. It's same same transition. I, yeah, I agree with you. It's just very... But I, I definitely... I didn't really think about the track at the beginning. Yeah. That's like definitely pure poetry. And I think it's what she's going for now that you paint it for me. Because the only... The only <laughs> The only other person I've ever seen. Thanks, Jared. Do, the, only other, <laughs> the only other filmmaker in my mind I can think of that that does that has done visuals like that that are just so. The minute you get it, you're like, oh, okay, is like a Lars Van Trier's done that a couple times in a couple of his his movies, and they're super artsy too. Uh, let's see. No, I need to check out more of his stuff. But uh, what else do I have on this? There's also like, I don't know. Did you like the scene where he had the, uh, oh, what's all over his face when they're doing the old man makeup? The plaster yeah, scene. Plaster, yeah, the plaster scene where he's yeah. just like, okay, this will only take about forty five minutes, and like all that's left for him to breathe out of is just nostrils. So yeah. it's just it's kind of a, this weird, just first, just his shot well, of him. And instead of them showing him breaking that apart and doing the makeup, it just turns him back to the mirror and the way he looks at himself in the old man makeup too like that that's the to me that's the biggest thing with that scene is is that at some point i'm gonna really look like this yeah and then what what am i because because all these relationships especially with the women is that he doesn't really do i mean there's no pickup line there's no conversations it's a lot of it's just like hey i'm johnny yeah Really, and it's and like people, well, everybody knows who he, who he is, is, so kind of, yeah. And I kind of tried to make like a Kubrickian parallel here between the breathing because it's like a minute, it's like a straight minute of yeah. him almost breathing through this plaster on his face. Whereas in two thousand one, when he's out in space in the suit breathing, it's almost like a fish out of water. I think the breathing, like you were kind of talking about, the old man is supposed to be like time passing. Ish. It's just like breath after breath. I'm getting older, and then I'll become this, like in an instant. But it's also kind of taking a shot at like the things Hollywood stars kind of put themselves through for certain roles. Because it's just like, yeah, this person was in makeup four hours today. So like four hours of your life, like it's it sucks. Like yeah. I, I can't. So then I can go film for twelve hours, yeah. and then hopefully get some sleep. Get in three two days. hours of sleep and wake up for makeup again. Yeah. But then they make millions of dollars. You know, I can't really feel that bad for them. But I guess yeah. I can try to it's a hard life but any, anything else on this one definitely a cool film I had never seen this one either there were there were two that I hadn't seen and this was one well actually no this was the only one that I hadn't no no Virgin Suicides I hadn't seen that one I had seen yeah. Marie Antoinette but no. yeah I, I I really like this film a lot I've seen it I'd say this is probably the third or fourth time I've seen it and it it carries just as much weight every time yeah. And you pick up little details. Uh, another thing I'm going to say about her films, besides um, Marie Antoinette, which is around two hours and like two minutes or so, yeah. all of her films are super short, like an hour and a half, hour 40-ish. Yeah. So it's like, if you're one of those people that's like, I hate movies that are over an hour and a half, like this is really 
a good filmmaker if you just want to like watch all of her stuff real yeah. quick if you're one of those like binge watchers on Netflix if you well, can just go to the she, library and she jams a lot of information and visuals and even takes time and it still all works out yeah in that in those short spans but um speaking of uh some of the things that uh Hollywood has to deal with you want to jump into Bling Ring let's jump into Bling Ring this is uh her last feature film which was from 2013 um I actually didn't write down any any of the actors' names besides Emma Watson. They're yeah, all, they, yeah, like Israel something and something. You know, Chen. I forget their names. I, had, I, I, I put I put it. down a couple character names so we can kind of. Yeah, like Mark is definitely yeah. the main character. He's. If you want to kind of go from there. Well, Mark Mark's the main character, and I th- I think the main reason why that is is that this is this is based off of a extremely large Vanity Fair spread. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that basically opened up about everybody because everybody else, his attorneys were like, "Don't speak up, don't do this, don't do that," and he just told his story, like how he saw what happened, mm-hmm. and that, so that was legitimately what it was. And he actually came off being kind of sympathetic in a lot of ways. I mean, the moment someone—I mean, whether you like it or not—like if, if O.J. Simpson would have just told the truth, people wouldn't think he's a piece of trash. And I don't know if he did or not, but he definitely didn't act like he didn't kill her. But that, you know, what I mean, like, it, like this, this guy was like, yeah, I, I have kind of a moral compass. This is what I did. It's not right, yeah. but I'm willing to talk about it. I know what I've done is wrong. Yeah. So like, and like he kind of says towards the end of the film, like America kind of has this obsession with this Bonnie and Clyde, whatever. And for some reason. That's, People are really into it. That's literally the last line of my do- of oh, my notes. I'm sorry. I still <laughs> no. and that's the end of the film. But um, um, actually, that's only like an hour of the way. That's the second interview. Like when it comes back to him after the interview. Oh yeah, because yeah, you're right. Because the court. Yeah. Never mind. We won't talk about the very end. Yeah. But it's the end. It's the end of the the ring. How's yeah. that? But um, yeah. So basically, this group of kids. Uh, they just get on TMZ.com or wherever they can get information about celebrities. You know, they kind of do some little thefts here and there out of cars to start with, and they realize how easy it is. And I, I've heard it's kind of an addiction. I've never stolen anything in my life that I'm aware of, like purposefully. Like I've never been like, yeah, I'm just going to take this and hopefully no one sees it. Yeah. You know what I mean by that? Like maybe a quarter on in, some, in someone's house, like I'm, something like that. I'm going to try to leave with your grandfather yeah, clock. he's going to leave with my grandfather <laughs> clock, and I won't notice. <laughs> That's going to be easy. But, um, no, but then they end up, like, looking up what celebrities, because I think these kids were originally from Calabasas, which is, yeah. like, the valley. If you've ever heard of, like, oh, she's a valley girl. Like, this is, yeah. that's where these kids are. They're, they're kind of well off. Not, I mean, the school that they're at, Mark and, uh, is it Rebecca? Yeah, I forget. those they're kind of in like the the dropout school apparently like the kids that aren't quite yeah. you know on well, the right track. Well, yeah, it's the because um, like Rebecca, despite being hyper intelligent, you know, incredibly intelligent, um, basically she got she got caught with drugs or something. And, yeah, and so then you automatically have to go into one of those. But uh, and like speaking of drugs, yeah, I mean one, he's going to get more beer. Speaking of that, like this film. Kind of got a, a an air of social commentary w- with it, you know. You've got kids doing, you know, cocaine. I mean, they're they're smoking pot the whole film. Um, 
I mean, it, what I was kind of hinting at earlier is basically they end up looking at TMZ and figuring out which which actors aren't going to be in uh, at their houses because they're on film locations or whatever, or throwing parties in Miami, and they just break into Paris Hilton's house or Orlando Bloom's house or Lindsay Lohan's house and go have a party and steal whatever fits them as far as clothing or looking for money. But uh, and then they end up selling. They end up keeping a lot of the stuff and bragging about it. But then they end up kind of selling some of it on like the black market. It kind of touches on that a little bit too. Well, and you and if you if you look at it, I mean, they uh, it's it's kind of interesting that uh, I think so because uh, this happened in like 2011, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, they were actively loading pictures of them with the cash afterwards and certain objects and things like that onto their Facebook profiles and things like that. So they weren't being too discreet about their activities. Basically once the story came out, basically once they had bragged to their friends while drunk and high at parties, all of a sudden the evidence was, you know, all somebody had to do was tell the cops and then they, yeah. But like, no, they're stealing these 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 items from all these different people, whether it's Paris Hilton or whatever. It's got that materialistic side, and like all these Louis Vuitton and Dolce Gabbana and whatever. You know, I'm not huge into high fashion or anything, but these are a couple of names I remembered from the film, I guess maybe. But uh, it's kind of like this idol worship too. Like I, I, they kind of say like maybe she just wanted to, Rebecca wanted to be a part of this lifestyle that you see all the time. Yeah, and like. The Cribs lifestyle, or you know, back in the '80s, I think it was like you know, lifestyle was rich and famous. With Robin Leach. With Robin Leach, but <laughs> this twenty-foot yacht—that's that's way too small. <laughs> that's what I have. <laughs> that's my small sailboat. Yes, I have. A, <laughs> I have a seven-foot yacht. Otherwise, this, under this, the John boat. Yeah, this fifteen-foot dinghy. <laughs> in this lavish one-car garage. <laughs> yes, um, I'm not down on myself. I'm just honest. Um, but you, <laughs> I, I, I think it's really interesting though, where we are in the world with, you know, all these people that ha- that have celebrity from like, really bad for just being rich and having, uh, reality shows. Yeah, like Paris Hilton. Yeah, like what is Paris Hilton? I mean, she was in like House of Wax. Back yeah. when I was like two thousand three or four. But I mean, yeah, was but there, she, like, man, that performance by Paris Hilton. It she's, was nice to watch her get killed. Yeah, but I mean, like no one's ever like, yeah, she's got a real future in show business. Like it's just like, nah, she's just gonna continue being Paris Hilton. But Paris Hilton actually makes a cameo. Apparently, a lot of those shots that were her house are really yeah, just they really are in her just work. her house. They really are in her house, which yeah. is kind of cool. But I mean, like I'm not like a huge Paris Hilton fan, but it was kind of like, yeah, you can film here. Like, oh, thanks, Paris. Yeah. That might have even been her dog in one scene. That'd be really cool if yeah. it was, like Peter Pan. It probably really is, you know, like I said, in her house. Probably a lot of her stuff was, they probably had, you know what I mean, they they probably bought certain things, but like the just sifting through things where they weren't really taking things down or moving things, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if it's just as it is. But, uh, and like, I kind of, I, t- I said narcissism, like seeing Paris's house, you get all these pillows of herself and Paris everything. But I mean... It, it's weird because like I read some critic critics were kind of mad at Coppola for not really taking a stand on any of this. It's almost kind of like with somewhere you're almost just like here's a camera inside the room. Yeah, you're just witnessing it. 
And like, so she's doing, and that's kind of cool though, because you can you can make your own judgment. She's not going to make that judgment for I you. I think that's what she does. I think that's what she does that makes her a truly interesting filmmaker. Though, yeah. is is that she puts you in the room with characters, and sometimes it's the most awkward moments and the most th- things. And so sometimes you're like sitting there, and it'll be like a one minute scene, like somewhere has the scene where like he calls people and nobody answers, and he like drinks a beer and then decides to finally take some medicine, and yeah, and and nothing is happening. Like he acts like he's gonna try to eat a, a wax pear or something, and the thing is, is that it's it's about him just being bored, yeah, or about this this being this. And it go, and it goes to the themes. I but, I think all of her movies are just windows into interesting characters. No, like whereas I would watch like these teenagers driving around Lexuses and Mercedes and Porsches, like listening to Kanye and Two Chains and Little Wayne, and I'd be like, man, like that's like through my scope, it's like this. She's making fun of this lifestyle. I, but other people might go into this and say. That's awesome. That's what I want to be. I want to be that kid driving around the Porsche. I think that's the, I think that's the terrifying part about this. That if that you know they, you know it's like oh everybody's obs- around here is obsessed with this lifestyle. It's like I I think the first time I saw the movie I was a little underwhelmed. Yeah. Um, and this was like my third viewing, mm-hmm. and. All the other movies were so in depth, and or I just felt like I was connected to the characters. And I realized that these characters I can't relate to because, you know, I'm I may one day would like to have an opportunity to have that nice Porsche, but I have this whole whole notion of, oh man, that's probably the car I'd like to buy when I retire. Yeah, you know what maybe. I mean. Like that's the thing. That's the thing I'm going to save up for. You know, my lifestyle does not remotely reflect what what these kids. Have had an opportunity to see from reality TV and things like that. that yeah, like talking about the hills and all yeah. these other shows that are basically filmed where they live. Yeah, and like it's almost like this film is like Anna Faris's character. I forget her name in Lost in Translation. If you just made an entire movie, Kelly. About, yeah, if you just made an entire movie about her. <laughs> see what I mean by that? Where I, it's like, I, I love when she's so shallow she's, when and, she's up there singing. Uh, what is it, baby? Uh, nobody. No, it's, it's nobody no, does it, it better. better. Yeah. 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 She's up there and it's just terrible, and so they're they're like kind of hiding from her because they're worried that she's gonna like like. I think I think they're both worried that she's gonna be like, "Hey guys, what are you doing?" Yeah, and it's, so it's yeah. kind of like walk right, they just run by her. Back back to the bling ring, but <laughs> but uh, no, like these characters, like one of the girls, like we've all kind of been around people in high school or college where it's like, yeah, this this kid grew up and. A giant house, but then they're talking street. You know what I mean by that? Like some of the yeah. things she was saying, and then like and like I said, critics were making were talking about how this really doesn't take a stand on what it's actually showing. This is showing like teenagers snorting cocaine, yeah. so it's it's pretty risque. It's, you, it's just something that you can't. Not- I, I actually, I actually, I actually love love that about this. Not the the not taking a stand thing because. One of I I have a big problem with a lot of times. I feel like if if you have any level of intelligence, you're gonna sit there and have your opinions from your lifestyle oh, yeah. creeping anyway. Definitely. So setting up this as a as a as a perfect window for your own opinions, I don't need a heavy-handed message. Oh, yeah. it's, I I'm not sitting there watching this going because um, this I mean this movie it is rated R, isn't it? 
I don't know. I stopped, I stopped worrying about that after a certain age. It might be. Yeah. I, but I, I think it might be. It ha- I think it kind of has to be with the drug use. But. Yeah, because, I mean, it's PG-13 if you give a teenager a beer now. Okay, so yeah. give a teenager cocaine. We're assuming, <laughs> I don't know. It might not yeah. be. If it, if, if we'll talk about it next show. We'll look it up because I'm not going to get my phone out because we're, we're kind of running short on time. But, uh, no, uh, also uh, uh, talking about Kirsten Dunst being in all of her films. Early on in the film, they're in the club, and they see Paris Hilton. They're like, oh, look, it's Paris Hilton. And then Mark's like, oh, is that Kirsten Dunst? And I thought that was so funny after watching, like, the Kirsten Dunst film first. I'm like, oh, it's like, she worked. Like, why would it be Kirsten Dunst? Like, I mean, I'm not saying Kirsten Dunst isn't, like, that famous, but it was like, oh, it's because it's, like, Sofia Coppola's, like, compadre. There's probably a feminine version of that, but I don't speak Spanish. I don't know if there is or not. Keep going. <laughs> no. You're thinking about it like, no. Not, not um, really. Yeah. But, uh... Do you, do you really want to talk about the end now, finally? Yeah, we can talk about the end. There's really not much to talk about besides that they're just stealing all this stuff, and they're just... Yeah, it's... The, that's the other thing That's the other thing that I like about it. Kind of shallow... I don't. I don't know. One of one of my favorite uh, television series as ever is uh, on the BBC was uh, Skins, mm-hmm. which was super controversial yeah. when they brought when they made an American version on MTV here. Yeah, that was basically what ran it into the ground. I've seen I've seen some of the original ones. That, are they still on Netflix or? Yeah, you can wa- actually yeah. watch all all seven seasons of it. Um, but you have uh, the one thing I always thought that show had was even though you had all this, you know. You had drugs, you had alcohol, you had sex, all kinds of things happening. They always showed consequence to it. Mm-hmm. And the consequence to it, and it really being there and not being heavy-handed, yeah, made it a more solid message for young people, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you're, if you're really watching this movie, um, like I said, if... And, if like, you, it's based on a true story, too. Like there, she doesn't have to make any commentary on it. Like, this is just what happened. Right. Right, and that, well, but that's but that's kind of my statement is uh, what I'm trying to get at is that if you're watching this, you see these things happen, and then there are immediate consequences, and so that's I feel like that's a big deal. There there are cer- there are certain movies I've seen. Um, one of, one of my favorite movies that I've seen recently was uh, well I rewatched recently is um, have you ever heard um, McCarthy who did. Um, Spotlight last year's mm-hmm. uh, Best Picture winner. Yeah, um, two movies before that, he did a movie called uh, Win Win with Paul Giamatti. I haven't seen that. Um, it was one of my favorite movies, and I remember sitting and watching it with my mother, and she goes, "It was kind of simple in a lot of ways." And I go, "It was all cause and effect." And I go, and at the end of the movie, Giamatti's characters make some questionable decisions and kind of comes forward and. Um, does what he has to do for his family and all these things, and it's like, like responsible, like common sense responsibility, mm-hmm. and there's nothing heavy-handed about it. It's his choice to do it because he could he could weasel out of it. It shows you he could, and I just I just love the fact that he does that because he's you know really is trying to be a decent person, really is trying to be a good example for his children, all those kind of things, and because I feel like. I feel like, especially with art, there's not a lot of expression of of consequence and you know and being responsible uh, responsible enough to 
you know, to take on those those consequences. Yeah, and kind of talking about consequences here. Earlier, we I kind of talked about how she was t- kind of making a commentary about like strict parenting. Yeah, this one's taking a shot at the opposite. Yeah, because you oh, it's uh, Jed Ap- isn't it Jed Apatow's wife? I forget her name. Yeah, Leslie Mann. Leslie Mann. Leslie Mann. Um, she's Christian Christian scientists, I guess. Like super, they're homeschooled, right? Yeah. But it's like they're not. I don't know. It's it's like this, this chosen naive naivete, just this, the opposite of the Lisbons, where she's like she's like yeah okay good for you girls like go do whatever you want like she doesn't really hawk over their life at all and yeah. what time the, also, her first also her, leads to her first her first line <laughs> is uh, in the in the entire film is what time did you girls get home last night. Super late. That was what, that's what they say, and she goes. Oh yeah, it's a, you forgot. You forgot. It's a school night. So then you're like, oh, well, crap. Does that mean you they're getting ready to have to get on a bus and try to go to school? It's like no. It, oh well, we're gonna do yoga and then we'll do the lesson plan. And then she shows a collage of like Angelina Jolie. And I, and, I kind of yeah. And then like, why is she? Why is she a good example? And they give the worst reasons. You can check out what she, they actually say. Yeah. But another thing I forgot to talk about was just like, okay, guys, line up for your Adderall. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, what? <laughs> like, it was like, I don't know. Like, I'm not against Adderall, I guess. But uh, true. At the, yeah, at the same time, it's just so weird to like, I've never seen. Like, that, that's that, that's some commentary. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, that is. Doesn't really take a stand on cocaine, but I guess that definitely does. Um, the ending, you know, they get busted. Yeah. You know, on the news, four years, state penitentiary. It's kind of weird to see like a teenager that's. But did you, did you also notice that Mark's the only one that, that doesn't have a lot of money, and so he's the one that. Yeah, he's the one that ends up like going. He and, well, and he ends up well, both him and um, Rebecca. Rebecca. Yeah, both of them both get sentenced to four years, and mm-hmm. that's the longest. Yeah. And. Three hundred thousand dollars restitution each, but they—he's uh, the one that basically has to give up everyone else for that to happen, and they know he's the one they can pinch, and that's why he agrees to do the Vanity Fair article and all those things too, is because he actually gets to sell his side of the story because he knows there's going to be no way he can afford every, everybody eight hundred thousand dollars or whatever. Well, and yeah. every and it's three hundred thousand dollars. They were each. Three hundred. I think he. One of them. No, no. Th- never mind. Those two were eight hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. The other two were three hundred thousand. Yeah. And because they, they stole three point two million dollars worth of merchandise. Yeah. And then basically. they end up having to pay for it that way. No, and it's yeah, it's just weird to see a, a young guy like walking around what looked like a bunch of rough criminals. Yeah. <laughs> like you probably were not a part of. I mean, this is kind of a. It's not a white collar crime. It's just like. Yeah. Well, he only served. I don't, yeah, I don't know how long he actually served. I, I think he, I think he served yet less than a year and a half because that's what the two, the two that were only, only charged with one, actual count that they could prove. Mm-hmm. The, those two that kind of shaked out of it and only had three hundred thousand dollars. The, um, they ended up serving like thirty, 30 days. days in prison or something like that because that's that's what basically basically yeah he he went but I don't even know that if he started, served an entire year. No. But uh, we haven't really talked about Emma Watson at all. This is kind of her Harry Potter good girl gone bad movie. And you know, whether I want to admit it or not, she's kind of like, people are like, hey, what's your film crush? 
used to probably be Heath Ledger. Well, I can't choose him anymore. <laughs> so probably going to go with Emma Watson at this point. And she does a really good job here. I mean, we all know we all know she's British. Hold on, I'd like to point out that earlier you confessed to not not being gay. I said anymore. I said I said I'm not into guys. I, he's dead. <laughs> I'm not anymore. I'm carried. No, but, but uh, anyways. Speaking of weird Christian conservatives. Yeah. Speak, speaking of what Christians, I'm not going to say another word. Yeah. But, but uh. Yeah, but Emma Watson uh, kind of has like this valley girl, ditzy. There's kind of this hint of Queen's English sometimes when she talks, and you can kind of hear it. But it's like she's doing a great job, she, like fantastic performance. That's probably one of like when critics watched it. That was probably what they talked about the most was just yeah. how well that goes over. She's definitely someone you you love to hate. When watching the film, especially the ending, I'm not going to say too, I don't remember too much about what she says. I, I would also like to bring up that I like how softly the ha- um, she handles um, Mark's sexuality. Yeah, because he's. I mean, they they jump right into him being gay, but it's all it is, like like he doesn't have to declare it. No. And he's by no means a stereotype. It's, it, although he, it's although really he, it's really comfortable. That yeah. makes it just like okay, yeah, yeah. He's, wearing, he's wearing heels. Well, it makes perfect. It makes perfect. <laughs> I mean, like yeah. Like, okay. Because that, that's what the first house they break into belongs to a guy named Ethan. And he makes a couple comments about it, and that's how he knows how to get into that house. Yeah. And that's that's basically yeah. the introduction to him being gay. But it doesn't, like, just come out and say, like, and Mark was a gay character. Yeah. You know. I, I like how, that, no, I like how non you know what I mean? It's just, like, I I kind of get tired of it. It's like we've, we've got to put on a, a pride parade to... With oh, with crazy things happening, yeah. Like I'm not like I'm not saying anything against no pride parades. Are I'm you saying, saying something I'm about? Still, are I'm, you I'm, anti I'm, pride parade? Is that what you're trying to say right now? I'm turning it off. <laughs> no, I think I know what you're trying I'm to like say. Dead silence. <laughs> just turn. <laughs> no, I know what you're trying to say. It's uh, just it feels it feels natural. If, yeah, exactly. Which which I I've got a lot of respect for that. It's very it's very. Uh, it's very light and yeah. But, if uh, if anything, it made me fear even more for him at the at the end, like oh, being in prison. Yes, with, oh, yeah. with crazy guys with yeah. tattoos, and he pretty much does look like a young effeminate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> after seeing American History X, we we've all had yeah. certain fears. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Bling Ring's pretty good film. I'm not gonna like I was I was talking to someone last night, like, like yeah, I'm watching watching Bling Ring. They're like, oh, should I watch that? I'm like. Uh, maybe put it on like your second list. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like second breakfast. I'm like, yeah, I guess kind of like second breakfast. It's like you don't necessarily need it, but I guess if you're hungry for extra films and you ran out, yeah. definitely check it out. Um, drinking events. Uh, well, this weekend is Labor Day weekend, so you're all going to be drinking with your families if you're drinking, probably. So there really aren't too many things going on around here. But uh, Owensboro Bourbon Blues and Brews will be. Uh, September 9th through the 10th. That's probably on the riverfront, but I'm not sure. Uh, you can definitely get online. Look up Owensboro Bourbon Blues and Brews just on Google. You'll probably find something uh, with more details about locations and parking and whatnot. But what do you think of the beer? Pretty pretty solid, refreshing. Yes, I'm a big fan. I've had it a few times. Oh yeah, so did I. And like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like if you like a wheat beer if you like the wine and kugel summer shandy but you want to go you want to go local 
if you're like one of those people that's like, oh, I only drink local beers, here's your option up in Weed Ale. Definitely. I feel like it opens a window into <laughs> what beer is like, actually. I, I guess. I, this is one of those beers. Sorry, that, I'm making fun of myself for saying the same thing over and over again. No, it's fine. Like we're not beer connoisseurs, but this this is one of those beers where if you're in Bloomington and it's Sunday, because you you can't buy beer on Sunday, you know, in Indiana unless you're in a bar. You can drop by Upland. You can't do that in Evansville, but if you're in Bloomington, like there were multiple times on Sundays during a football game where we're like, crap. All right, hold on. We're going to Upland real quick. We get like a 24 bottle case and just walk yeah. you know take it home it's good beer uh movies you're watching movies i'm watching or movies you you just Ooh. saw i just start with um a buddy of mine called me and asked me if i wanted to go to the movies and it, he it was kind of his choice but i saw don't breathe yeah. which is uh kind of this horror movie um i'm definitely not going to try to say the uh director's writer director's name that's okay yeah, because I will definitely You'll butcher, butcher it. it. That's fine. Um, but it's it's the same guy that did the remake for uh, Resident Evil. Okay. Um, and this is produced by Sam Remy again with Ghost House cool. with his production company. Um, I wouldn't really describe it as a horror movie. I'd actually describe it more as an intense thriller. Like once once it takes off into having you at you, at the edge of your seat, you're gonna be there for the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, has little jumpy moments, but it's not. I just don't feel like it's a traditional horror movie. It's it's like an edge of your a uh, true edge of your seat thriller, like because you you know things are coming at you. And then there was an, what was the name of the other one in theaters? You said was probably the best. And then the second, and then the second, and then the second movie I saw this weekend was Hell or High Water, directed by David McKenzie. Um, it's the highest reviewed movie on Rotten Tomatoes currently. Um, with 99 and it is it is exceptional um, I'm at a, I'm at a toss up though because I, I told him on the phone at, right out I called him after I got out of it and told him that I thought it was the best movie I saw all year it's still debatable it's it's still between it and the lobster yeah. but they might be I, th- I think I'm running into the same situation as inside Lewin Davis and her. Yeah, like are, like awesome. like it's where I have two movies that I I like so much for two different very different you, reasons. If you were, if you had an Oscar vote, you'd have to flip a coin, basically. Yeah. Is what you're, yeah, I mean, that's fine. Yeah. Um, I need to check out the Lobster. I'm definitely going to check out Hell or High Water. I think. Yeah. And it, uh, apparently, is it Kubo and the Two Strings? We yeah. were talking about that. Heard nothing but great things about that. If I were going to pick a second film to go see, I'd go yeah. see that as well. I've I've also heard exceptional things about uh, uh, Pete the Peach Dragon remake. Really? I've heard, yeah. And right. I mean, it's Rotten Tomatoes has it at like an eighty-six. Sometimes I'll sing "Candle in the Water" in the shower, and I'm not afraid. <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit that. I'm Somet- a big, I'm sometimes a big I sing "Candle in the Wind" in the shower. That's also a good song. Which version, <laughs> Princess Di or Marilyn Monroe? I think I, I like to mer- I like to merge them. So like like I'll, I'll so sometimes you say England Rose and then sometimes you say Norma Jean just depending yes. okay yeah. yeah it's up to you, you well know. or or maybe may, choice or may, maybe I start with with Norma Jean do all three verses so we're right at about the six minute mark and then I start the second <laughs> song <laughs> you just go right into the intro again yeah excuse me but uh no I uh, I check I actually checked out Green Room which you let me borrow. Absolutely intense film. 
Uh, if you're if you're not a fan of gore, though, I would stay away. I'm not gonna say I'm not a fan of gore because I love the thing, yeah. but I, I just didn't know going in. Like you didn't say like this is a real gory film. So like the first moment, something that the gory, I'm like, oh my, god. like it just took me by surprise. So I'm like, yeah. I'm on a ride. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't. Was it? If, was it the box cutter? Was that? Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was the box cutter, and everything else. I, I was. <laughs> I was. I was not ready for that when I saw it either. God, I mean, I, I knew he was. Um, Oh, and the, probably the hand was that right before the box? I don't know. No, it was after. Right after? Yeah, it was. You're right. Yeah, get some first. All, all you have is the first. Is the first? You have the first dead body, which you see kind of openly, and it's that's not gory. And then what you get afterwards, the rep, you know. Yeah, we're almost at the hour thirty mark, so I'm going to try to wrap up as fast as possible. But uh, definitely check out Hell or High Water. And I'm like I said, I'm going to be watching Barry Lyndon probably very shortly because I've never seen it, and it's kind of a sin since I like, I like Kubrick so much that I haven't seen that one. I've seen almost everything else, I think. Um, also watched Hitchcock with Hopkins, great film. If you haven't seen that as well, I think it's two years old at this point. Yeah. But next show we were going to do Edgar Wright, but uh, since the passing of Gene Wilder, I was actually kind of believe it or not pushing for Mel Brooks kind of and. Yeah. Jared was like, ah, it's a lot, it's a lot. Mel Brooks has a lot we'd have to choose. And I'm like, okay, let's, we decide on an anchor right. But I think we're, we're in, we're going to do Brooks. Uh, going to cover Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, History of the World, Part 1. There is no Part 2. It's kind of a joke. Uh, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, and Spaceballs. And that should be our next show. If you like Mel Brooks, if you don't know who Mel Brooks is, you should definitely check him out and watch all those films because those are all great films. Uh, anything else you want to add? I, I think I'm good. All right, cool. Yeah, definitely definitely check out any cinema that we recommended or anything that you feel like you want to watch. Uh, and also go ahead and drop by your. Oh, lo- yeah. And if you are if you are uh, if you are the, on our Facebook page, feel free to leave any kind of feedback directly on there. Or if you if you know us and know how to get a hold of us in any other format. Yeah, and go even if, and even if you're a stranger, just look up BSB or I think it's at Big Screen and Brews, all spelled out, no ampers yeah. and. Or that might, I, don't, I don't think there's an amper's hand. No, it's lowercase. Yeah, lowercase a. But uh, yeah, just get on there. And like, even if you're just some rando and you want to put you suck, I'd probably laugh at it. And yeah, we'll, we'll accept. We'll accept any. Yeah, that's fine. Any legit, <laughs> legitimate <laughs> feed, feedback. Yeah, constructive criticism is preferred. But if you if you want to go the uh, the troll route, feel free. Uh, until two weeks from now, uh, this has been Big Screen and Brews with Jared and Jared. I'm Jared Buck. And I'm Jared Newmaster. Thank you for listening.